doing something else. So this is what I want you to do. Keep your, your, your eyes open. Keep your hearts open. And somebody say, respond. Here we go, everybody. Let's do it. Smith, and I would like to first of all thank the first family. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. So today, I have a little, I, my assignment is different than theirs. I'm going to share my testimony, my experience. Everybody else, they get to teach and preach. <sighs> okay. I received my calling while at the staff retreat last week. That sounds interesting, huh? Well, we were in a session, and... Pastor Joshua asked the question, what is your calling? And he went around the room. And when he got to me, I paused. And he said it again, and I paused. He said it again, and I paused. And Catlin, uh, he, he noticed there's something different. Vaughn don't normally pause when a question is asked. He said, um, this is a vulnerable moment. And then Tina ran around the corner and she just grabbed me and started holding me in tears, of course. And uh, this was a question I've been avoiding for a long time, a long time. <sighs> I didn't wanna single out and get boxed in and and also there was a situation that happened and I didn't realize I hadn't gotten over it. It happened back in Michigan actually. And uh, I'm gonna get back to that, what happened at the table, but uh, yeah. So, So anyway, um, I was at church one day, my best friend and I, and she brought a guest. And we saw the pastor's wife come walking over. And so she said, yes, this is my pastor's wife. 
And she went, pastor's wife, pastor's wife. My name is pastor yada yada. Right, my mouth went. And then she walked away. So we both looked at the guest and we said, I, don't, I said, I don't know what happened. However, there's going to be an amazing message that comes up because I had to acknowledge what she just experienced and what we just experienced. But it was like, and I shared this with Pastor Linnell when I first got here. I'm sure she probably remembered because I've been having problems with titles ever since. I, I don't know. I'm good. But anyway, and we just started talking to her about the service and, you know, um, helping her to get an expectation of what she was going to hear and what she was going to experience. But that made, that just took the taste out of my mouth for, for titles. And uh, I just got a breakthrough this morning, right there, just a moment ago. And then Pastor Joshua came and he started singing that song he was singing. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so crazy. God reminded me of the first time I did something like this. It was five of us youth. I was 19 years old. And that was the first time I taught. And I was like, wow, it was five of us. And I just lost it down there. Because I was like, God, full circle. You just brought me full circle. And also, that was when the King James Version just opened up so I understood, and I still do to this, I love King James. Everybody, I love it, but that day, I, when I was studying for that time to talk, I understood King James so well, but down there, God just reminded me, no, I need you to start studying the NLT. So I'm saying that to say this, and I'm going to get back to that. Because everything about me has changed since Wednesday night at that table. <laughs> me standing up here with jeans on and a sweatshirt in the house of God, that's not me. <sighs> me learning how to read from another version outside of the King James, that's not me but I'm going to become because I decided to let go of some stuff on Wednesday night at that table. All right, so anyway, um, so I struggled through the tears and Tina was just, and uh, I broke through, the words broke through and I said to love God and love people. I am called to love God and love people. And so then I heard the words, and that is enough. And so I said out loud, and that is enough. So anyway, then God was reminding me that um, the reason why I had to say Tina's name and Catlin's name, because Catlin noticed the, the discernment gift that I have, and he's acknowledged that. So he was able to minister to me based on what 
he has acknowledged in my life. Tina, has, she, she encourages me when it comes to loving people and, um, and, and how she watched me love people. She always, so she was able to minister to me and I was able to receive it. It's not about how old you are, what title you carry, what, you know, whether you're this of this culture and that culture. If God is talking and we are open to hear him, he will talk to us and he will reveal. How many things have we not received our answer for that came through somebody that we didn't want it to come through? And so we didn't get what we needed. So anyway, so God began to, I just wanted to share the caliber of leaders that we work with. They, they're amazing. They really are. Hallelujah. And we're not asking you to do something we're not doing. We have to seek the face of God just like we're asking you to do. So anyway, I didn't get much sleep that night and we moved on. And, and then God started revealing to me. I mean, my life just that the situation came back to me and a whole bunch of other things. And I was like, OK, Lord, oh, yeah, yeah. I surrender to your will. And um, what he said to me was, mm. <sighs> he revealed to me about the AWC mission. Because yeah. he, he was reminding me that what he wants me to do is enough. And so he reminded me of the mission statement, which is, we exist so that people can pursue and experience life in the kingdom. And I was like, okay, so Pastor Nell always say, we talk so much about we, what about I? So he was reminding me that I exist so that people can pursue and experience life in the kingdom. So I was like, thank you, Lord, for showing me, because sometimes we say, I'm called to do this and I'm called to do that, and we cannot find it in the word. I don't know where it's coming from, how we're getting confirmations about some of this stuff, because it's not in there. And, and so what he was doing was he was just taking me through, 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 through my life. And, and, and yeah. So he took me to the, uh, what is that? Matthew 22, 36 through 38. And they're not going to put that up and Exodus 21 through 17, but it talks about when, when the disciples came and they said, which are the greatest commands? And he said, to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And I was like, wow, that's quite interesting because the first four commands deal with you and your relationship with God. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt Make, there shall, thou shalt not make unto thee any graven images. Thou shalt um, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. And there's one more that I always forget. But it, per, oh, don't take the name of the Lord in vain. Those four deal with you and God. And then the rest of them deal with you and people. Honor your father and your mother. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not bear false witness against your neighbor. Thou shalt not covet. So if you love your neighbor, you're not going to do that stuff against them. If you love God, you're not going to do those things. So he reminded me that's loving God and loving people. I was like, okay, okay. 
It's lining up. It's lining up. Then he reminded me of Simeon and Anna in the temple. They were in the temple, and when Jesus was born and they brought Jesus to the temple, they were able to prophesy into his life. They were able to pray for him and hold him. Once again, loving God, loving people, because they were in the right place doing the right things, right? Mary and Martha. Mary and Martha, they... Um, Jesus and the disciples were there. They were, Mary was in there uh, at the feet of Jesus, but Martha was cooking. And she was getting mad at Mary because she wouldn't come and help her. So Jesus said what, yeah, what she is doing is what she needed to do. So there's a balance there between serving and loving God, right? Okay, and then Peter and John. Peter, Jesus said, <laughs> do you love me? Yeah, feed my lamb. You love me? Yeah, feed my sheep. You love me? Yeah, feed my sheep. Then he got mad. And he was like, what about him? He said, Leave, if, I, if he's alive till I come back, what does that to do with you? It has nothing to do with you. And he was the one who loved Jesus. So Peter loved the people. Jesus, John loved Jesus, right? So loving God and loving people is in the word. So I was like, okay, Lord, thank you. Thank you. You have comforted me. Thank you so much. All right, so this morning, um, oh my, points. In that, in that situation, I do have to say this. In the situation, I decided that I'm not going to focus on titles, but I am going to hear and obey God and leave it there and not focus on calling. So the three points that I took, and I'm grateful that I took, one is I chose to believe the words of God concerning me. That is Ephesians 1, 3 through 6. And then I am complete in him. And that is Colossians 2, 8 through 10. And then... I am ready to die. And that is John 12, 24 through 28. So, I'm ready to die. Except the corner wheat falls in the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it die, it'll bring forth much fruit. And that's what I'm after. I'm after the fruit of, so that I can, when people see me, I want them to see him. Yeah. Amen. Woo, let's give it up for Miss Yvonne. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. So I am Tina, and I received my calling while I was already in it. I want to first honor our most amazing uh, Dr. Martin and Pastor Linnell, thank you so much. Pastor Josh, thank you so very much. AWC Nation, you're amazing. Thank you so much. And our amazing, my amazing, not our, this is my husband, my amazing husband and my amazing children. So I am just so excited to be with you guys today and our wonderful online, wonderful online viewers. So I am just so excited to talk about the subject of me being receiving my calling while I was already in it. I know it seems kind of strange, right? But I read about this guy named Samuel, and he was busy working in the house of God. He was a true
true Levite, watching over the house of God. And he heard the Lord calling him. He heard him calling him while he was already working in the house. So I want to talk about that just a little bit, if that's all right. So I am called to create spaces that bring freedom. I am in a position of worship director at AWC, but my job is to literally create environments that bring freedom. So I get to work in what I am already called to do. You know, it's so funny because I thought about, uh, Pastor Josh talked about how a purpose is our destination, but calling is like the vehicle to get us to the destination, to get us to the purpose. And I thought about my life when he asked this question, and I said, you know, when I really received my calling, it wasn't when I recognized it. I recognized my calling when I was lost because everything around me screamed at me. Everything around me, even when I was not living according to the Word of God, everything around me told me who I was. People, right? Conversations. I always found myself in environments where I could bring freedom. So I recognized what I was called to and what I, who I was called to, uh, but I did not receive it until I was actually already in it. So I served for many years in the house of God, served for many years, and um, I was always in places where I was able to uh, help induce environments that would bring freedom. And one day I had a moment, just like Samuel, hmm, seems like there's something there. Seems like there's something there. So my first point, is we must all become aware that there is something there. God can do so much with your something. Sometimes you may not be able to properly articulate, right, right away, or you may not be able to uh, all the way fully identify what the something is, but man, you know, it's like, it's something there. I feel this hunch of like, hmm, maybe, maybe I should dig deeper into this thing because I feel something different when I begin to talk to people about freedom, about being renewed and about being set free in the way that they think or the way that they feel. And so being aware is incredibly important. In 1 Samuel, and we are going to read 1 Samuel, the third chapter, and I will not read one through 19, but on your time you should. But this point really rallies around the fourth verse. And it says, suddenly the Lord called out to Samuel. Samuel? Yes, Samuel replied. What is it? He was aware that something was calling. He didn't know yet that it was God, right? Because it was very rare in those days for the voice of God to speak. But he knew something. I, I hear something. Have anybody ever had like, I feel something. I hear something. Like it feels like something. It's a little light on this thing here. So he became aware. So the first thing is that we have to be aware. God can do anything with your something. Just say that. God can do anything with my something. All right. The second one is allow what comes with the calling. Woo. That's a big one, right? So verse 15 says, Samuel stayed in bed until morning. Now, let me just give you a backstory if you've never read this story. So during this time, it was very rare, as we said, for the voice of the Lord to speak to anyone. And so by this time, Samuel had went back to Eli about three times. Yes, I'm here. He's like, boy, I'm not calling you. Go back to bed. Went back to bed. Okay. He heard Samuel, Samuel jumped up. Yes, I'm not calling you. Go back to bed. The third time he said, hmm, maybe that's God calling him. He said, hey, next time you hear that, this is what you say. You say, hey, 
I'm here. Your servant is listening, right? And so that time he did that, and the Lord gave him a word that literally shook him. It made him afraid because he was like, wait a minute. I got to say what to Eli, right? Have you ever been in that position where you're like, I'm ready. I'm called by God, and you walk into it, and you're like, wait a minute. I got to do what? What do you mean I have to die daily to myself, that I have no preference? Are you kidding me? So, so at this moment, Samuel, we arrive to verse, uh, let's go back to 15, please. And what he said was, Samuel stayed in bed until morning. Then he got up, he opened the doors of the tabernacle, as usual, right, because he was a Levite. He was afraid to tell Eli what the Lord had said to him. We have to be able to allow what comes with the calling. Because I cannot imagine having to tell a word of such caliber to someone who literally have raised me up, geared me in the way, but now I have to go tell you God is about to do some things because of some things that did not honor him. Right? But Eli called out to him, Samuel, my son, here I am, Samuel replied. Samuel told Eli everything, and he did not hold anything back. The more you obey, the more you become. I have learned in so many seasons of our lives, and we hear our pastors talk about it so much, that obedience doesn't always mean you agree. Right? Sometimes obedience is, Lord, I'm going to do it because you said it. I don't understand. It doesn't feel good. Hey, it don't even look good. But Lord, because you said it, I'll trust your word. And I'll obey. Amen? So it is really, really important that we allow what comes with the calling. And then the last thing is availability. I just said it, the more you obey, the more you become. So, and the Lord, he said to him, Samuel, Samuel, Samuel replied and said, speak, your servant is listening. Now, I thought that this was very interesting because every time that Samuel jumped up and he ran, every time he heard the voice, right? The Lord never said anything until he acknowledged and made himself available to him. Until he literally said, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So a lot of times God is speaking and he's talking. And I remember so many times in my life, so many times that I was running from the thing that I knew God was calling me to. He would not speak until I made myself available to his voice. It is incredibly important that we make ourselves available. So I love this right here because when we make ourselves available, this is what happens. We become trusted by God. When we make ourselves available, you become more seen. What happened after this? If we go further down into the story, what happened is Samuel became noticed. Everything that he said never fell to the ground because he made himself available to God. And the more your capacity expands, when you become available to God, your tent begins to expand. You can handle more, you can take more. You don't buckle at every little assignment that comes, but the more, Lord, here I am, I'm available. I don't question the cost. I don't question the time. I don't question the money. There's no no in me for you, God, but all I have is a yes. If you're asking me to do it, then it means you're going to finance it. If you're asking me to do it, God, then that means you have it already worked out, and I trust you in that. So what I learned in my life 
And what I learned as I received calling is that I have to be aware, number one, that there is something there. Number two, I have to allow what comes with the calling. I can't fight it, I can't resist it, this comes with it. And the third thing, I have to remain available, available for the calling. Thank you so much. Amen, hallelujah. Good job, Tina. My name is Yahida, and I received my calling while I was searching. Have you ever been in a place where you've been traveling down this world, road, everything is smooth, everything is going great, everything is lining up, everything is all good, and then something comes and just shakes up your whole world? How many of you have been through that? I know some of y'all have been through that. <laughs> so that is what I experienced. Um, before I moved to Omaha, I lived in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And my entire life was evolved around this one thing that I did and that I was known for. Um, everything was going good. Like I said, it was going smooth. Um, I knew what I was doing. I was known for this. And then I moved to Omaha, Nebraska. I come to Omaha, Nebraska to Ambassador's Worship Center. <laughs> and we talk about purpose and who are you? What are you called to do? Who are you? Who are you? And this thing just happened where I begin to... <laughs> struggle, where I begin to think, where I begin to doubt, where I begin to fear. Who am I? Over 40 years old, in this place, live my whole life. Who am I? Married, children. But who am I? Who am I? What am I called to? What is my purpose? So I came to this place, I was searching. So after that, I went through all of that turmoil and back and forth. And so I said, God, I gotta figure this out. I gotta figure this out. You can't be in a place and constantly hearing this and being close encounters with people who know who they are and be okay. You, it either pushes you to get better or you're gonna leave. So I'm like, I want to be better. I wanna know who I am. So I began to do an inward search. I began to search. I began to search. God, who am I? What am I called to? The first thing I did was I began to feel like what I've been doing all my life wasn't it. But that wasn't what it was. The one reason why I thought that is because I've seen people around me at a higher place or doing something more interesting or their title or like you said, title is way more glorious or everybody can see what they're doing. If I do this, nobody's going to see me. And I'm being honest in this moment because I know some of us may have had that internal thought. And so I'm like, God, is this really it? So we've gone through all of this stuff. My big thing was when we had STN. Shake the Nations. We had Shake the Nations, and we had to do this survey, this gift survey, that gift survey, whew, <laughs> to figure out <laughs> what your gifts were. So I do this gift survey, and I'm like, ooh, I'm going to have my gifts. I'm really, everything is going to work out. My three gifts had nothing to do with what I've done all my life. So, Lord, what in the world am I supposed to be doing The next thing that happened was Dr. Martin gave us a graph. He said, your gift and your talent is only a piece that gives the big explosion. So that was a little bit more clarity. I'm like, okay, I think I might be getting it now. I think I might be onto something. So that happened. So I'm like, okay, God, I get it. All of my gifts will help 
my calling will help me do it better because I'll have these tools in my belt so when situations come and rise, I can do what I'm called to do better. The next thing that happened was God put me under somebody who is amazing at what I'm called to do that stretched me, that grew me, that corrected me. I'm over 40 years old now. I've been doing this all my life. Sometimes we have to submit and be humble because you want to go to another place. You have to let go of I used to do or I've done this all my life. God is saying, do you want it or do you not want it? So sometimes you have to submit and say, God, I want it. This is what you called me to do. Show me how to get there. So that is my journey. I'm sorry. So another thing I wanted to share is that I began to clearly accept what God called me to. And the reason why I added clearly in there is because sometimes we'll take on something, but we're not clear about it. I clearly accepted it. I knew what I was called to do. I know what I'm supposed to do. So when things come to try to say, girl, you should do this, you should do that. I'm like, no, that is not what I've accepted. So you have to clearly accept it so that you're confident in that thing. No matter what, how you grew up or what they may see or what they may see, but what God called me to do is what I'm going to do. Another thing I wanted to add in here is that you have to be sensitive to see when God is giving you what you ask for. Because sometimes it's going to be hard. Sometimes you're going to want to walk away. Sometimes you're going to want to say, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. But you have to be sensitive to say, okay, this is part of my journey. This is part of me getting to where God has called me to be. And so the reason why I feel like I went through this turmoil thing was because I had a lot of doubt. I had a lot of doubt and I had a lot of fear. And that caused me to war back and forth because some days I will feel inadequate. Sometimes I will feel unqualified. Sometimes I will feel like I'm not enough. Sometimes I feel, some days I will feel good and sometimes I will just be like, oh my God, I just messed up so bad today. This can't be it. But how many of you know that God will still call you even if you're unqualified? Noah, Moses, Abraham, come on. God will still call you. What you are called to do, you are called to do. Regardless. Regardless. So my reference scripture I want to read is Matthew 7, 7 through 11. And I chose the NIV because I like the way it's worded here. It says, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who acts, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Your parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? Hallelujah. So there are three things that I want you to remember, the journey that I took. And I want you to remember when you're in a situation and you're like, Lord, who the heck am I? Number one is acts. 
what am I supposed to be doing? And I just want to give a disclaimer. This house, Ambassadors Worship Center, will help you find who you are if you just apply what you're being taught. Because all of these things I receive right here in the house. Amen? So ask, what am I supposed to be doing? Why am I here? What problem am I supposed to solve? And not only did I ask God and ask myself, I found somebody that I could be vulnerable with who wouldn't judge me. Like, girl, you 40 years old. You don't know who you are. You've been doing this. Find somebody who you can be vulnerable with who will not judge you, who won't tear you down, but will say, you know what? I'm going to help you. I'm going to lead you, show you the scriptures so that you can get to that place. Number two is seek. Find signs that confirm the answers to your acts and that gives you confidence. You have to seek. You have to seek. And the scripture says, acts and keep on acting. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. So you have to continually do it. The third one is knock. This one was really good when I researched this one because God began to show me that the doors were already there. I kept getting opportunities, but it was my own doubt that keep making me feel like, oh, I can't do this. When you knock, if that door is for you, that door is going to open. If it's for you, the door is going to open. So when you knock and that door open, don't let doubt and fear and disqualification and the education and all that stop you from going through that door that God has called you to go through. Because on the other side, somebody needs what you have. And if it's not your door, don't force it. So if you knock and it try to open, but it's locked, don't push the door down to get in it because it ain't for you. So my last point I just want to share is you have to receive and accept your calling in order for everything that is for you to come to you. Amen. All right. Wonderful job. I feel like we kind of have the same points a little bit. Good Good morning, everybody. My name is Callie Williams. Pastors, thank you for the opportunity. Glad to be up here. Um, so, you guys all did a wonderful job. Also, Miss Yvonne, Mr. John, where you at? He just, she just wanted to tell you she loves you. She didn't give you a shout out, but she wanted you to know. So, I received my calling. You're welcome. I received my calling. while I was moving like water. Okay, I know. All right. Um, so I'm going to be teaching from a scripture, guys. So this scri- All right, all right, all right, all right. We're going to try it again. I'm going to be teaching from Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Period. Y'all know what it says. Trust in the Lord. <laughs> I'm just kidding, guys. Stop. I, okay, guys, guys, come on. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. This is the King James Version, all right? And in all thy ways, acknowledging him, and he shall, shall. That's an operative term. That means he will. Okay, not a question, not a doubt. He will 
direct your path, all right? I know, I didn't necessarily believe in it either. But I'm gonna, um, what I'm gonna do today is take you down the path of how I started my journey to finding my purpose through calling, okay? Now, this might be more for the younger girls and boys, but also for maybe parents who are trying to navigate their children walking through this process or hoping to walk their children through, through this process at some point. So I'm gonna start with my story, okay? So check it out. I came from a family of four, and my parents really did a, a really, really thorough job of always helping me and my brother ask those questions like Yahida was talking about. Kelly, what do you like to do? What makes you happy? What makes you sad? What can you do and not get tired? You know, what can you wake up thinking about and be like, wow, that just really gets me going, okay? And they were doing that, Josh, how long? All our lives, like just all our lives in different ways. You know, you know your kid and how to talk to them and what they're prepared for. However, those questions, baby, like they need to be started young and continued, okay? So yeah, so that's what my parents really, um, really, really did a thorough job of doing with me and my brother. And then on top of that, every day of the week, seven days a week, we'd be at AWC. And the culture of AWC would also be, you know, dr drilling that into us. Wonderful teachers, Miss Sophia Winfrey, Kylan Crawford, y'all know him. Who else was teaching me? Uh, Cheryl Henderson. Y'all remember you guys did not play any games. Miss Rebecca at some point, all, all my teachers, okay? And I know I'm missing people, but yes. Yeah, so um, aside from my parents, AWC, the culture of, which has been spoken to, did not play about the whole purpose thing. Okay, so then fast forward a little bit. This is Callie Williams, little baby Callie in elementary school. I went to Grace Abbott. And you guys remember the bullying prevention assemblies, right? All the kids get in the gym, and we had the little PowerPoint. They're like, stand up to bullies, you know? And we would do it like once every month because they was not playing. Y'all remember, it was like, say no to drugs. You remember, like, everybody was just talking about this because bullying was a, it was a problem. <laughs> so I would be in those um, assemblies at 7, 8, elementary school, and I really, really, really took that stuff to heart. Like, I, I know that some kids was in there playing, being knuckleheads, rolling around, you know, just looking at it like a recess. Callie Williams was listening, okay? And they would tell you, you know, don't let people pick on other people. Don't call people names. Be kind to people. And so much so, so much so, I remember the day, well, I really don't remember what happened. I just remember what happened with them when I got home. But <laughs> I kept getting in trouble. So I'm like, all right, so y'all told me stand up to bullies. Y'all told me don't let people do that to other people. So what am I going to do at eight? I'm going to tell this bully to get thee behind. Leave him alone. Like, what are you doing? Because this is not what they told us in this assembly. You're going to have to stop what you're doing at eight. So I feel like at one point it might have got physical, not ridiculously, but I think I just had to intervene a little bit. So I had to, I got, I got sat down or I went to the office. Either way, they called them. And luckily, I have some wonderful parents. After, you know, giving me the talking to, you know, like Callie, there's, there's time and place, babe, time and place and the manner of which to do things. So they gave me the well-rounded sense, you know, like, you, you know, you can't do that. However, they did make it full circle. And what they asked me, they were like, well, don't do it that way, you know, but also 
Have you ever thought, because we're a purpose family and because we want to identify the things we do naturally, have you ever thought maybe like the tendency to advocate for people, you know, is something that you do well. The tendency to, you know, want to give people a voice who are being shut down and not listened to or aren't properly being considered, you know. I had a natural want, desire for justice in a way. I like to advocate for justice. You know, I don't like when people play them games, you know, like come straight or don't come at all, Olive. You understand? <laughs> like just stay over there if you're not going to come straight. All right. So, um, uh-huh. So thank you parents for real. So, uh, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then that's what started forming my process, this process of finding your calling, finding your purpose. First of all, I'd like to say it's an inside job. You don't go out there to find the position, to find the job, to find the salary. That ain't what it is. If you think that's what it is, someone mistaught you. But that's why you have us. So um, that started my process. I started asking those questions to myself. No longer did I have to have my teachers or professors or parents or guidance guardians like ask me, I started to ask myself, and what did that process look like? I kept those questions near and dear. I kept waking up like, Kelly, what did you research this week that was just like, had your mind going or that had you really, really interested? I started trying things, stuff that I was interested in and stuff that I wasn't, because in this process, it's just as valuable to learn what you don't like as it is to learn what you do. So don't disqualify that, baby. If you can cross some things off, that's saving you time, okay? So um, I also accepted um, some opportunities, whether it was in a courtroom, whether it was in a law firm, whether it was it anywhere. Like, I didn't even really care, because at the end of the day, I was trying to build either a legal skill or a professional skill. So if you'd offer me one of those two things, I'm game, babe, because I was moving like water. That's the thing about, I think, your purpose right? It's supposed to be a faith walk. And walking by faith is walking by things you can't see, you can't touch, you can't smell it, you don't feel it. So you're just walking. And that's what I had. <laughs> that's what I have to do and am still doing every single day. But what's really, really important, I think, that helped me is that although you're walking, moving like water, I'm going to go back. Water is very fluid, Okay, it doesn't really choose its route. It kind of goes the route, whether whatever surface it's on is the route that it takes. And I, I've embraced that as God being my surface. You know, like I'm just going to be the water. And wherever God is, wherever he going, I, I hope I'm going to because I'm going to be water. But what's important about being water and when, it's, when you're trying to find your purpose is that water needs to follow its fruit, okay? So that's another, I, I found to be a very important part of knowing your calling and finding your purpose because you can end up being really good at things you're not supposed to be doing. So when you're following fruit, and this is like where people like to lie to themselves, you know? We like, we, like we me included, we like to lie to ourselves and find fruit. Like, well, it made me, I was, I was, I got joy out of it yesterday. But is there fruit? Is there tangible purpose? Is there tangible grace? Is there tangible ease with what you're doing? Are you seeing the fruit? Truly, is this something, if you were talking to your friend, what would you tell them if you were looking at their situation? So I think when you're moving like water, although you're allowing God to push you towards certain things and you're accepting because 
we don't know necessarily where we should go or what we should do. And even worse, sometimes we'll even talk ourselves out of the things we should do and the places we should go. But nevertheless, Proverbs 19.21, there are many plans in a man's heart. Many things we like to do. Many things we want to be. Places we want to go. However, nevertheless, the Lord's counsel will will stand. It's not, it's not a question. It will stand. But the most important part of my process, asking those questions, taking the opportunities, trying to figure it out, what I never stopped doing, like what water never stops doing, is I kept moving forward. And I moved forward following the fruit, okay? Like, all right, I got this recognition over here. I think that's good. I got a good grade here. I think that's good. This exam went well. I guess, I guess I'm going to take the next one, you know? So you just kind of have to walk. You just keep walking. No one told you you're going to wake up one day and just be like, this way, this way, now this way, this way, now this way. But what you do is you just wake up and you take a step. You wake up every day and you take another step and you give your day to God. So what I'm inviting everyone to do, oh my gosh, because I'm over, but I'm done. Embrace your process. This is a process. Your purpose, finding your calling is a process. It's a muscle that you have to work. You don't get it perfect. Don't get discouraged if you don't get it perfect. It is a muscle and is it a practice. Don't let nobody in these purple seats tell you differently. It's a, it's a practice. So embrace it. How? Surround yourself with people who have gone through this process and can help you identify your own process, like Yahida was saying. Also, move like water. Don't be afraid to run into things that scare you. That's where you know the grace of God has to be there. That's how you know God will only get the glory because you were scared, baby. You didn't want to do it. <laughs> you didn't think you could do it, but you did it. So who was it? Okay. So, yes. Move like water. Choose every day to wake up and take at least one more step. And just think. This is what I'd be trying to tell myself. If it doesn't look like how you wanted it to look, sometimes we stop right there and we just get discouraged. But sometimes just stop and consider whether that's actually a good thing. Because sometimes it's a good thing if life doesn't look like what we meant. That means it's being controlled by somebody else. Okay? Lastly, um... Embrace the things that frighten you. That's how you know God will undoubtedly meet you there, and he will undoubtedly get the glory. Amen. Good job, Good morning, everybody. I want to honor our lead pastor, Pastor Joshua, and our founding pastor, Dr. Martin, our executive pastor, uh, Dr. Linnell. I want to honor my beautiful baby mama, Phoebe. Thank you so much. And my awesome children. I, uh, my beautiful baby mama, my beautiful wife, Phoebe Landrum. Amen. Uh, I'm, I'm Catlin, and I received my calling when I was suicidal. So let me tell you a story. Uh, 15 years ago, I was at my church in Michigan. I have a music background, so we were a part of the service where we were no longer playing. Um, there was a volunteer that fell off of the camera, and so the ushers came and whisked her away, 
I'm just looking up at this camera like it's unmanned, right? So I'm like, I know I'm creative. I know how to follow directions. I'm going to hop on the camera. I ain't never been on the camera before. That was my introduction into production, literally, just like that, right? So fast forward a few years, I went from being a camera operator to learning sound, to learning lights, to being a CG operator, right? To leading the whole team. That went on for 12 years. Volunteered, no pay. Just working 60 hours a week, serving 40 hours a week, right? Uh, can you throw the scripture up? I mean, not the scripture, the picture. I became so frustrated in life that I became suicidal. This is Dr. Martin. I didn't know him. He came to Grand Rapids and to a marriage retreat, and I was so frustrated in this meeting. My, that's my wife pregnant with our baby girl. We had already had two other sons. I'm working 60 hours a week, but we're in the red every month. But I'm serving in church full time. I'm hearing that God could do this, God could do that, but it's not happening in my house. I'm the first one in, and I'm always the last one out, but my house is lacking at the particular time. I'm about to off myself in this picture. But God sent a man in the name of Dr. Martin to say, hey, you can have the desires of your heart. You could have the life that you see in your head. So I forgot all other 50 couples that was in the room. I'm frustrated. You, sir, this rich man who I know nothing about, how, how do you do that? So I interrupted the whole conference, did I not? How do you do what you say that you could do? I need to know, because all I know is my wife is struggling when she goes to Maya, do I buy bread or do I buy milk? Do I buy eggs or do I buy formula? What, what is it? That's all I could see. So you need to help me, sir, unlock this stinking thinking, right? My heart became so hard towards people because of how it seemed God was blessing others in spite of my faithfulness, service in the house of God. So what did I have to do? I'm so glad that you asked. The first thing I had to do was decide. I had to decide. For me, it was an easy decision because I knew what I wasn't going back to, right? I decided to trust God when I couldn't trace him. That is such a difficult thing to do. So people often ask, what if this happens? What if that happens? I don't care. I'm encouraging you to stop majoring in the minors. What if it does work out? What if you do make progress? What if you actually receive and get what you see in your heart? What will you do then? I decided to submit to a process that had nothing. I didn't know what it was going to look like. But all I did know it looked like, what it was going to look like was I was going to trust God when I couldn't trace him. Well, Kat, where is that found in the Bible? I'm so glad you asked. It says in Jeremiah 29 and 12 in the Message Bible, when you call on me, when you come and pray to me, I'll listen. That is a statement. That is a command. When you call on me, when you come and pray to me, I will listen. So the second thing I had to do after I decided, like everybody up here said, and we didn't even share notes. This is crazy. I had to obey. I went from oh, I can't do this 60 hours a week. I can't do this whole production thing full time to, huh, what if I could? I left that meeting. I went home and talked to my wife. What do you, you think this is really possible? And it's important, young man, old man, to marry the right one because she pushed me into what I couldn't see. She pushed me to the levels of uncomfortability. And she said, babe, yes, you could do anything. I believe you could do anything that you see in your heart. So that night at 12 o'clock at midnight, I changed over my resume to a creative resume and uploaded it on some sites. It's 2 o'clock in the morning on Saturday. On Monday by 9.04, I will never forget this, I have four inboxes in my email asking to come interview me. Me? Me, Catlin. 
the one that was suicidal, the one that struggled with addiction, the one that grew up without a father, the one that had all types of things, the one that had no education. I didn't go to school for this until this year, but I'll get back to there. I wanted to see the big picture so bad that I totally missed the fact that God had given me a seed in those 12 years that I was serving. Hey, cat, can you come run cameras? Seed. Hey, cat, can you come direct? Seed. Cat, you want to learn sound? Seed. Hey, cat, we need someone to lead the team. Seed. Can you come produce this show? Seed. Hey, team, you're more than what you do. Seed. Hey, team, you create atmospheres and hopes for people to have an encounter with the king. What atmosphere are you creating for yourself? Seed. Hey, team, showing up on time is actually early and on time is late. Seed. Hey, team, there is a man who lost it all and literally took everything he had in him not to lose hope and drug himself to the house of God today. Seed. You never go into a restaurant not expecting to eat, do you? So why do you come to church expecting, not expecting to receive freedom? See, what I learned about trees is that trees have to stay planted long enough in order to grow roots. I didn't realize the work that was happening up under the soil because I was so focused on what's happened above the soil. All I could see was the shut off notices. All I could see is the bills. All I could see is my wife crying. All I could see is lack. I wasn't paying attention to what was the guy was doing with the roots up under the ground. I was so focused on what was happening above ground. So I had to choose to continue to be in a place that was uncomfortable and unseen in order for things to work on the inside of me. Why? Because the place of burial and the place of planting looked the same for a season. I'll say it again. The place of burial and the place of planting looked the same for a season. If I dig a hole in the ground, and I put a coffin in it, and I cover it up with dirt. It's buried. But if I dig a hole in the ground, and I put a seed in there, I cover it up with dirt. It's planted. Why? Because the place of burial and the place of planting look the same for a season. Where's that in the word, Cat? I'm so glad you asked. Come here, Jeremiah 29, 13. When you come looking for me, you'll find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me and you want it more than anything else, I will make sure you won't be disappointed. When you come looking for me, you will find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me, I want to make the, I want to, more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. This is God's decree. So, Kat, when you decide to get in your alignment, when you decide to go out on, on faith, when you decide to look at everything that's contrary to what you have seen, now you're in alignment with me. And you will not be disappointed. I wasn't disappointed, y'all. I went from having suicidal thoughts to receiving over 18 job offers across the nation. Will you come be our director of production? Will you come be our AVL director? We ended up moving to Kansas, and then obviously I'm here, so you know how the story ends, right? But then number three, once I felt like enough was enough, I had to run at full speed. Everything was achievable at that point. There was nothing that was off the tables for me. Everything was achievable. Everything was probable. Everything was viable. Everything was attainable. Everything was workable. Everything was manageable. Everything was doable. Everything was in within reach. So what do you do when you see other people getting blessed in front of you? What do you do when you see other people getting promotions? 
What do you do when you have a dream that after you graduate, your grandmother, one of the most important people in your existence, would die? So you choose not to go to school for years. And then when you come to your senses, you finally go back to school eight years later. You finally graduate in, 2000, in May of 2022. Five months later, your grandmother dies. What do you do? What do you do when you keep seeing God bless other people when you've been the first one in and the last one out for 10 years straight? What do you do? I'm so glad you asked. Come here, Jeremiah 20, 29 and 14. I will turn things around for you. I will bring you back from all of the countries into which I drove you. This is God's decree. I will bring you home, hallelujah, to the place from which I sent you off in exile. You can count on it. Well, how do you know you can count on it, Callan? I'm standing here right here in front of you. I went from suicidal thoughts to living in the land of milk and honey. My son is sitting right there. My other son is here. My baby girl is right there. My wife is in her purpose. I am here teaching people. This is the first time I've done this, y'all. I am a nervous wreck, but I am here today to tell you that there is a God. So yeah, yeah, so yeah. My name is Catlin, and I did receive calling while I was suicidal, but I'm here today to help people get past their present. Why? Because God got me past mine.